0: Hi, this is Matt with the Intergalactic Herald, just doing my weekly, week in review podcast for Star Atlas. This is uh, podcast number 31. If you're interested in any of the uh, videos or articles that I'm using for this, uh, please go to intergalacticherald.com and look for news recap number 80. Uh, do apologize, doing uh, coming off a cold, so my voice might sound a little bad or I might cough, so apologize in advance, so... To kind of get started, again, just always want to remind anybody, if you'd be interested in being a guest on this podcast, definitely looking for community Star Atlas community members who'd like to be a guest. So please go to intergalacticherald.com and go to the contact page and send me a message and we'll see if we can arrange something. Both looking for other content creators to do interviews, Star Atlas builders, or any community member that just wants to get on and have a roundtable discussion of the week in review for Star Atlas. I already mentioned the uh, news recap, but Again, if you're interested in uh, what all the other uh, content creators and Star Atlas are doing, I per- I create a weekly uh, news recap of Star Atlas news. So you can sign up for that, and that comes out on Sunday evenings, well, I guess my time Sunday evenings, so I'm not sure where in the world you might receive it, but it comes out around 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, United States. I also am working on two Star Atlas projects. The first is my merch store. Definitely not going as quickly as I'd hope, but I'm always interested in any feedback. So I have a merch survey up. You can go to intergalacticgear.com and fill out that merch survey. I really appreciate it, so I can help in the future to kind of provide some different items that people are interested in purchasing. And then the second one is a community I'm trying to start. It's basically a non-guild guild or community of just Star Atlas gamers who are not interested in joining one of the guilds, but yet still want to hang out, chat, and maybe someday in the game, you know, loosely organize into something, a coalition, maybe for defense purposes or something. I don't know. We're, we're so far away from that. But anyways, please go to intergalacticcoalition.com, and I have an interest survey there if you fill it out. It'll help me know if there's some people that are interested. The primary uh, thing I'm trying to launch with is a... Paid community that's much different than Discord, so it's not uh, chat-based. It's more of uh, threaded discussions and email alerts when there's updates to those. So you don't have to hang out in the Discord all the time. You can, you know, engage in conversations that you're interested in. So moving on to the content section of this podcast, obviously the major thing that came out. A uh, news from star is obviously Sage Labs, so if you listen to my last podcast, you know that technically it had already been out for a couple of days, but I always record this on the weekend, so kind of look at the whole of the last week so obviously the whole of this last week was sage labs, so i'll give you some thoughts on that. The first one again you can't not expect it, but there were bugs, and there were a lot of bugs. Again, there was a playtest, I don't know. Again, it's it's so early in the development of this software that I can't be surprised at all that there were bugs. However, a few people in the Discord were kind of upset and and I guess rightly so that they had taken their ships out of the faction fleet or score that was earning passive income through Atlas and put it into Sage Labs, and then either they couldn't move their ship or undock it or something like that. Anyways, they basically weren't in full control of their ships. Now, as was mentioned, everything's fine because ships are on the blockchain. They're still registered to you. I mean, it's not like the ships disappeared or were destroyed, which I guess compared to another game, yeah, I guess that's still good. But again, they couldn't do anything with it. And again, game was released on a Thursday. I heard it was late in the day. Weekend, I'm sure the team had been pushing hard to get it released. Was there bug fixes and people looking out of the weekend? Again, I don't know. But I guess (laughs) it just goes back to, I guess, buyer beware. It's great. There's a game. There's something we can do. There's a whole lot of bugs. The team has since created a, a bug channel or changelog. I can't remember. Something in the Discord about what what they're doing when the fixes are pushed work around. So I think I give them credit for being very, um, communicative about what's going on. But uh, again, I guess none of us can really re- be, be, too surprised. Um, you know, buyer, buyer beware. Um, the other thing that came up was this concept of SDU scanning. Um, so again, um, SDUs are survey units. So they're not, crafted, I guess you can consider them sort of mind. Anyways, I don't know. These these are all just definitions of actions. Anyways, you go to a place on the map, you scan if your, you know, timings are right, scans right, all this stuff about how you can find these, because I guess there is a limited supply every moment or something about these SDUs that you might get some. So that's cool. So it's 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 kind of a con- continuation of the escape philosophy it was all about scanning. But a lot of people on Discord are saying, this is really boring. Then don't do it. Sorry. <laughs> again, you can buy them. You can scan. But one thing I I, I found really, again, insightful and it was mentioned by, I believe it was Chris and the economics team, that, again, part of the SDU scanning, I guess they call them game loops, but, but actions, is to allow people with smaller ships that... Obviously, don't have the cargo holds, don't have the mining capabilities. Eventually, I guess, won't even have the combat options. Again, a small ship versus a large ship. Large ship should always win. I mean, just how it works. So, SDU scanning and being able to find, claim, whatever you want to call it, these resources, put them on the marketplace, sell them, I think is a great strategy as far as a game. Give lots of people lots of different things options. So is it boring? Sure. If you're wanting to do combat or if you want to do something else, I think, again, we have to let the team give many options for many different types of people. Not everybody can afford a gigantic ship. So yeah, Uh, but again, just one of those kind of first uh, few days observations. The other one that was came up and again, I I just wrote down the note, but I'm trying to remember the context, but basically that fleets aren't good for everything And actually, I thought this was really interesting because one of my thoughts on how I'd want to do my game uh, play is sort of the solo, solo, single person, solo campaign. Hey, I'm going to go do whatever I want, everything I want. But it is actually a very interesting to think that, yeah, but some fleets, some ways you organize your ships aren't going to be good for everything. So again, the, the main components are crafting, mining, and transport. And then again, eventually someday combat, I guess we could say scanning too. So those are the ones that Sage Lab currently has. And certain fleet, ship fleets, i.e. combination of ships, aren't good for everything. And again, maybe it's not the game style I want, but I do have to give the team credit for for that statement. That it was designed, but that was designed, but the key point it was designed was it was To facilitate a marketplace. And this is, I think, what's really insightful. So, for whatever reason, again, your money that you bring in to buy the ships, your time, how much time you have to play, that might mean that it is better to only focus on certain areas of mining and crafting, and other areas you actually facilitate through the marketplace. So, you might go and buy SDUs, or you might go and buy a specific component. And that's by design because it allows for a marketplace. It allows that people can't just do everything themselves. They need to apply, even if it isn't within, say, your guild where you're relying on your other guild members to provide that, that you can exchange what you have for what you want, which again, if you go back to society and civilization, that's why we invented money. It's a barter system. You know, I'm the blacksmith and I need the bread. So the blacksmith makes a deal with the baker and shoes. I don't, okay, again, I don't remember how this works back in medieval times. But again, there's a marketplace and eventually then we make money because bartering doesn't work. So again, if we're talking about having a real economy, it does seem to have to f- almost necessitate the need for the marketplace so that things are being exchanged because that's what again atlas is for is that exchange because again there isn't a one-to-one i can't sell i can't trade or barter my resource one for resource a for resource b i have to use atlas to be an intermediary which again is why that exists so again not perfect gameplay style for everyone, but it does facilitate the marketplace, which I think is really good. And then somebody was saying, you know, why doesn't it have this feature or that feature? And someone on the Star team said, you know, this wasn't a fully realized game. This wasn't what they intended to do. It was an internal testing tool. And so I think as I've been watching a few more of the, the how-to videos that people have been putting out, and it's like, wow, that's a lot of steps just to do one thing. Again, it was never intended. This 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 thing that we're playing, Sage Labs, was never intended for public consumption. So, yes, I'm sure they appreciate hearing about features and stuff, but I think we have to also realize at the end of the day, this wasn't the game that, that they had hoped to release at this point. They did. And, again, a lot of people are, are having fun. Um, some people claim to be making money. Um, obviously, the bugs are unfortunate. But, again, I think all of that... Um, kind of goes in together. So those are my uh, first few days worth of Sage Lab comments. So new topic, which is just buying crypto. I decided I wanted to put a little more money into my Star Atlas profile account, whatever you want. So I decided to go ahead and try the, the moon pay option, which I forgot the team had added a few months back. And so I went through that. I'll hopefully put out, add it to my how-to guide in the near future. But I have to say, I don't, wasn't really, I don't know if I wasn't impressed. I, I guess it went directly to, I don't know. I, there was nothing wrong with MoonPay. Um, again, I'm not kind of too much familiar with other crypto things. So m- maybe that. But I do remember the point was they said, hey, this is a direct way that you could put money into Star without having to go through a crypto exchange. So these are just my observations. One. Was I still had to do everything, so I still had to do the proof who I was, get my driver's license and all that, and I was like, I thought I could just use my credit card and buy something, and out pops crypto. Now, again, there may be legal, regulatory reasons why all that still had occurred, but that, I don't know, that didn't change anything. There was, there was a lot I had to do to get in there. Then there was a small little note that said, most of the time um, debit cards work the best, and I was like, okay, well, then this is literally not any different. Um, than what I had previous experience on crypto exchanges. And then the last thing, and I didn't do a lot of testing on this because I really, I, I don't know, it just wasn't working for me, um, was the fees seemed really expensive for their processing fees um, compared to what I had done before. So all those kind of um, stepping through all those things, I mean, I guess maybe... Would go quicker. I, I don't know. It, it just that's just my experience. I'll leave it at that. So I went back to what I normally do, which was Coinbase. And if you look through my how-to guide on intergalacticcarol you'll see that basically I document all the steps: how to set up your Coinbase account, how to add your debit card or other payment methods, how to put the money in, change it to SOL, transfer that to your Phantom wallet. anyways, all that kind of stuff. So I went back to Coinbase put some money in. And I got this weird email saying, we'll let you know when it goes through. And I was like, I've never had that happen. Usually it's pretty quick. Anyways, long story short, apparently my debit card expiration date had happened. Now, I don't know why they didn't tell me this. So I had to just remove my debit card, add it back, and then everything was working again. So again, I'll blame Coinbase for just poor user uh, interface there that they should have told me, hey, your, your card expired. But I had to chat and they said, oh, yeah, your payment was declined by your bank and that wasn't what it was occurred. Yes, I guess it does decline. Anyways. Where where I'm going with all this about buying crypto. Yes, I get the the don't need a central processing organization, i.e. a bank. It's direct peer-to-peer all this stuff. To get to that point of that direct peer-to-peer option, you still have to go through a bank cuz that's where real money is. So, In the real world, all I have to do to any merchant is give them my credit card, which gives me a little bit of fraud protection right there instead of my debit, and I buy something, and I pay a fee. I'm sorry. This seems like what we're doing with MoonPay, with Coinbase. So, again, I guess once you're already past that, perhaps all this cool stuff, but again, in the real world, this is just simple. I take my money, I get what I want done. So... Enough for that little soapbox, but again, I haven't put some money in my Coinbase base account in a while. So moving on to the, the last and final s- section, I actually decided to kind of expand upon this. So this isn't really review of news or something like that, because again, all the news was Star at Sage Labs. But I actually start talking about some strategy. Now, I want to caveat all of this. This is my strategy. May not be your strategy, may not be somebody else's strategy. I don't even know if this is good strategy, so I'm not saying this is the best strategy. I'm just saying this is my strategy. So I decided I would start sharing partly for discussion purposes and hear what others, I, I, a couple a couple of the videos that came out from content creators are talking about what they were trying to do in Sage Labs. And I actually found that really cool just to see what other people are doing because it gives ideas. And that's really what this is. This is just my strategy. gives you some ideas. Great. If you think my ideas are all terrible, that's fine. You can do whatever you want to do. So so the first one was, again, going back to the thing I mentioned before that the fleets aren't good for everything. So Am I gonna to try to do everything myself, or focus on one or a few things? And again, I don't know. Oh, I actually should mention too. I still haven't started Sage Labs. Actually, I got sick this week, got behind on my business, so I, I, you know, sorry. It's a game, it's a hobby. It is not my highest priority, so I didn't get much done this week. So I'm, I'm still kind of curious, but I think what I really need to figure out first is what I want to do in Sage Labs. My original thought was to do the the golden tickets. Cause yeah, why not? I once or twice buy a lotto ticket when it gets up to a billion dollars. I'm just as, you know, daydreaming as everyone else. So again, getting a big ship or something. So, um, I saw people are already selling the golden tickets earlier this week. So I bought a few and decided, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do one, one ticket per thing. And then I think either the next day, the price dropped. So I think I started at 60 cents and then got down to 30 cents. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll buy a few more again. I mean, 30 cents. Come on. And again, I don't even know how you craft a golden ticket yet. So, but there is no way in the world the effort is worth 60 cents or 30 cents now. I haven't checked recent. I forgot to, but I, I thought one of the content creators in their video this past week said it got down to like 16 cents or something. So might just buy a few more because again there's a certain limit where I know I'm not going to get my return but hey it's still fun to put your, buy a lottery or buy a raffle ticket so buy a lottery ticket so you know once that fun nuss is there so that doesn't seem like something I want to spend any time in the game doing so i think what i really need to do is is look at the tra- crafting results and see what is the end results because if it's not um Golden tickets. What else is in there? And then balance that obviously versus time versus the thing. So don't have an answer for that, but that's where my when I finally do get into the game, that's what I'm going to check out first to determine what my my goal is to trade my time because again, that's what we're really doing is we're trading our time of of mining and transport and crafting for something on the other end because again, that is the game. There isn't just sort of an enjoyment factor, and I do have to. Say, and again, I'm not saying this is a negative, but this sounds like a job. I'm go- clocking in, spending my time doing these tasks and something comes out the end. Now, if the sun that comes out the end makes me feel good on my time, great. But this isn't like entertainment or I don't know. I, I was starting to think again, why why do I go into a, a first person shooter and just, you know, try to shoot people? There's There's no outcome. But yet, I don't know. Why, why do you play a game of chess or checkers or or Monopoly? I don't know. Again, a lot of these, this is really kind of this play to earn thing is really questioning, like, why do we play games in general? Any game, not just video games, any game. So, anyways, that's what I'm mulling over. What, what do I want to exchange my time for, whatever the output is? So. Another strategy that was mentioned was again scanning because there's a physical limitation that on a scan you have the max of 10 SDUs, survey data units. So if you're scanning, you have one ship or one, whatever one is, you can only get one SDU. But if you had 10, you could get 10. So it sounds like, again, the fleet size matters. So if you're going to spend the time to do scanning at all, you should have 10 things but you don't need more than 10 because you can't get more than 10. So again, I forgot the chart that talks about all this. I think it's this fleet unit size. So the, and and it showed out in some post about how much Fimble airbikes were sold in the last week. So it really sounds like one strategy is get 10 Fimble, Fimble airbikes because they're the cheapest crew and do that for your scanning fleet. So sounds good. Um, the next kind of strategy that seemed to come out from a lot of things I read was you really need to focus on your cargo transfer. and that's starting to make a lot of sense. I mean, mining, great, but you ultimately need to get your cargo back to, I believe is essential space stations. one, to remove it and get it on the marketplace. But two, I thought I read that some crafting, Recipes are only available at the Central Space Station. So moving anything around is going to take cargo. So definitely need to do more research into which of my ships are good for that or not. So what I've really thought is, at least initially, to kind of eliminate this whole cargo transfer aspect to the game is really just start at the Central Space Station and just return there. If all the crafting recipes are there... If you got to deal with transfer and you don't have enough cargo on your ships, plus then I guess you have another fleet that's just for moving things, why add all that complexity? Now, having said that, maybe you have to do all that. Back to the, if you want to do everything yourself, you have to do it. But again, maybe the resources you want are within there. So again, just some thoughts about some ways I'll keep going. But having, set, having heard about the bugs, having seen that some of the things that I was interested in are quite reasonably priced on the marketplace. I keep thinking, well why don't I keep my ships in score or earn, earning passive income? Uh, again, the way I do it right now is I just check it once a day, reclaim stuff, fill up resources in the faction fleet and that's it and the next day everything's occurred. So I don't think I'm a passive income only person. I mean, I do want to do things, but clicking and moving and four clicks. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that just doesn't sound fun yet. So, so I'm definitely need a reason to remove stuff from score to justify the time I need to spend in it. And on that last point, I'm not hundred percent sure of this, but I was thinking that all the crafting that's occurring is taking now, what are we calling the R9s, all the base level things, Crafting those into some R4s and then taking some other stuff and you get some components. <clears throat> At least that was what the crafting chart is. Still haven't seen a good thing yet of the, the end results other than the golden ticket. So, but throughout all that, I never heard anybody say Atlas. Now, it makes sense. You wouldn't craft Atlas, Atlas is the utility token. So, so, but you need Atlas, I think. One, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you, what is the word for it? You have to, it's escaping. But anyways, if you get stuck without enough fuel, you have to just, just self, self-destruct self and then your ships show back up the central station. But I thought there was an Atlas penalty for that. Also, every time you use the Atlas payer, you can pay an Atlas. Now, if you don't use that, you're still paying Soul. So, again, there's something... There's a transaction processing fee. So, you need some Atlas somewhere. I don't think you can play Sage Lab without some Atlas, which, again, for the larger economy and all this other stuff, that's not a problem. But again, it just made me realize if you don't have a way to get Atlas, i.e., the faction fleet, you have to sell stuff. I mean, you, you can't, it's not a closed system. You can't just mine and craft you're going to need to use some Atlas. Now again, I haven't played, so maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but just didn't feel like there's anything within Sage Labs where you gain Atlas. So I need obviously more research on that, but it feels like you almost have to have something over in score, keep generating some Atlas to have for processing fees or when you have to self-destruct you messed up so anyways just that air so again that's my brief strategy again strategy ideas because i haven't actually played the game <laughs> i haven't got into sage labs yet so anyways so that wraps up all the content section today again just to end up the show again if you're interested in being a guest please go to intergalactic find the contact page love to have you on while you're there please sign up for the weekly news recap you can get that delivered to your email account once a week and find out all the other content creators and what they've been working on. And then I have my two projects. Again, Intergalactic Gear, integracticgear.com, which is my effort to build a merch store. So I have a merch survey there. I'd love to get your feedback on some topics related to Star Atlas merchandise. And then if you're interested in a community that's not a guild, but yet are Star Atlas gamers that want to chat, talk about the game, go over some strategy, things like this, please go to intergalacticcoalition.com and fill out my interest survey. And that's a wrap for this week. So hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you're watching or listening on any of the uh, podcasting platforms, obviously appreciate any reviews or comments there. Otherwise, again, this is Matt with Intergalactic Herald and talk to you next week.